Despite the major accident on the Aurora Bridge, Ride the Ducks Seattle, the company whose duck boat was involved in the crash, and Ride the Ducks International, the company that sold the duck boat that was involved in the crash, always say that passenger safety is a huge priority for them, which is to be expected for any tour company that has vehicles. But these vehicles are pretty unique. Because the story of Ride the Ducks starts long before 2015 in Seattle. In fact, it really starts... Flash, Washington. The White House announces Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor. Right after the United States entered World War II. It was accepted on Monday by almost all congressmen that Germany had urged Japan on to the assault. Today, great fleets of troop carriers soar over Britain, releasing their hordes of parachutists. Germany and Italy have already declared war. We simply take up the challenge thrust upon us. By 1942, it was clear that the Allied forces were going to be launching a lot of invasions on coastlines. And in order to get supplies and soldiers to the battlefields, they couldn't just pull into the harbor. They had to bring in huge ships as close to shore as possible and spend a dangerous amount of time unloading. Enter the duck. Its official name was the DUKW. To the American GIs in World War II, it was the duck. It was built by a team at General Motors with help from a yacht designer. The man who drives one calls it the duck. The duck transformed a traditional U.S. Army Jeep into a boat. Here's a solution to this by or amphibian. In one simple operation, a newly perfected amphibian picks up a cargo from a ship anchored offshore. The official name, D-U-K-W, was just based on a General Motors manufacturing code. D, indicating 1942, its year of manufacture. U, for amphibian. K, front wheel drive. And W, rear wheel drive. A brand new kind of motor vehicle. Streamlined, modern, and most important, flexible and useful. It could carry up to 5,000 pounds of cargo, as many as 25 troops, or even a major piece of artillery. And it could chug as easily through water as sand. All over the world, wherever our troops have landed, supplies must go through, even though harbors and piers are inadequate or non-existent. So in 1943, duck boats started participating in almost every major Allied invasion, including the famous ones, like D-Day, when over 150,000 troops and 2,000 duck boats landed on Normandy beaches and attacked Nazi strongholds there. The ducks brought people and artillery to shore, and brought wounded soldiers back to hospital ships. Other improvements are on the way for the Army's seagoing truck. Let's remember Pearl Harbor as we go to meet the foe. Let's remember Pearl Harbor as we did the Alamo. They did sink if you weighed them down too much. According to one historian, during the D-Day invasion, almost a dozen of them sank because they were loaded with supplies and giant cannons in really bad weather. But the point is, they were pretty instrumental in the war at the time. In the end, more than 21,000 were manufactured. And then, the war was over. 
This is Trial Insider, Ride the Ducks, a production of Strip Matter Kessler Kohler Moore, the lead law firm representing the plaintiffs in the 2018 Ride the Ducks trial in Seattle. I'm Sarah Bernard. So duck boats were originally built for the U.S. military in the middle of World War II, and now are kind of everywhere. This episode, we're charting that journey from unique wartime vehicle to really popular tourist ride, and then to something, once again, more dangerous. So after the end of World War II, a few ducks were used in the Korean War, but most of them ended up in storage somewhere. Some police and fire departments bought and used them for water rescues, and a lot ended up being sold to whoever would buy them at military surplus auctions. And I see this auction. Look at all the hummers. As many hummers as you want. And so they made their way out of the army and into the hands of small-town entrepreneurs. In 1946, right after the war ended, so the story goes, a man named Melvin Flath, who owned a trucking company in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, heard about an army surplus sale happening in California. He drove out there to see what was available and was disappointed to find that there were just these weird boat trucks, not regular trucks. But since he'd gone all the way out there, he bought one anyway. He drove it home. He brought his family out for a few times on a local lake. And it was fun, so he decided to try to make some money on it. He installed some old bus seats and started charging neighbors 50 cents a ride. He partnered with a local veteran, who also had a duck, to start giving tours along the Wisconsin River. And that business partner took off after a year. But Flath continued and grew the tour business to eventually have a fleet of 37 ducks. Until he sold them all in 1952 to another entrepreneur, who, a few years later, sold the business to another business, one that now operates under the name Original Wisconsin Ducks and has a total fleet of 92. But the birthplace of this tourist attraction is here at the Original Wisconsin Ducks in the Wisconsin Dells. Meanwhile, duck boat rides spread all over the place, not just in Wisconsin. There have been, and in many cases still are, duck boat rides based on the original DUKWs all over the country and the world. From Wisconsin to Arkansas to Boston. Welcome to the Charles River! In Philadelphia and Washington, D.C. D.C. Ducks offers visitors from all over the world. From Mobile, Alabama. This is a way to see Mobile. Uh, unlike any way that's ever been done before. In Galveston, Texas, to San Francisco, to Guam. Ride the Duck is the latest fun-filled exhibit from the Baldiga Group, offering tours on both land and sea for From Liverpool to Ontario to London. Welcome to London Duck Tours, London's amazing amphibious adventure. Good afternoon, everyone. <laughs> they also got big decades ago in Branson, Missouri, the birthplace of Ride the Ducks International. And you left college. Yes. And what did you do after that? Um, I went to Branson, Missouri and, and got involved with the Ride the Ducks business. That's Robert McDowell. This audio is from his deposition for the Ride the Ducks trial. Karen Kohler, the lead attorney for the plaintiffs in that trial, is asking most of the questions here. Robert McDowell is where the next chapter begins, the one you can trace directly to the Aurora Bridge in Seattle in 2015. 
McDowell grew up in the Midwest and went to a couple of years of college before dropping out to join his dad, who in 1976 had purchased a tiny company, then known as Ozark's Scenic Tours. Uh, my father had gone to Branson on a trip and uh, decided that they would acquire the business. I had um, intentions to go back to school, but I stayed there and worked with him. My father, my mother, and myself kind of managed the company in the first year. Okay. My dad chose to drive tours. And because his dad was driving, McDowell, the son, came in and did a lot of the business management side of things right from the start. But it was still a small business. When the McDowell family first bought it, it had just a few ducks. It had, um, I think, three operating ducks at the time and a parcel of property out on Highway 76 and a small ticketing building there, and that was about it. But then the business grew and kept growing. I think we started off with around 3,000 passengers annually, and then it's probably three years or so before we started growing, I guess. I bought out my sisters and my brother and my parents, I believe, in the early to mid-80s, somewhere in there. Over the years, McDowell bought a lot more duck boats. As our reputation started coming up, the demand started coming up, and we were able to add more equipment and just kind of keep growing the company as a result of the demand for the attraction. And you said that you added more equipment. Where did you get more equipment from? Um, back then, you still could buy, not surplus, but army ducks that were out in good condition for reasonable cost, and I would source those and, and uh, round them up and buy them over time. There's a town to the north of us, uh, Rolla, Missouri, where a gentleman, Don Smith, resided. He was a military surplus dealer. I'd uh, reached out to him because that's where a lot of the parts were being sourced by the former owners and uh, made a good relationship with him. He was unusual in that he was an honest surplus dealer and was good to work with and helped us locate and find the parts and the equipment we needed as we needed it. I, I had a special relationship with Don. I was a pallbearer at his funeral, and so um, I'll not forget him. So through Don Smith and a variety of contacts and companies, and sometimes customers too, McDowell purchased more than 100 ducks in total, and a whole lot of parts. A lot of the time, he and his team were fixing and tweaking and refurbishing or sometimes totally rebuilding the ducks. As it expanded, this company came to be known as Ride the Ducks International. By the late 90s, early 2000s, it was not only the nation's largest amphibious vehicle tour company, but also its largest amphibious vehicle manufacturer. More on that in another episode. Anyway, they started licensing and eventually selling their duck boats to other tours around the country. The company developed a big franchise, exporting their boats and their style of tour to Baltimore and Philadelphia and Atlanta and Memphis. And they licensed and sold the vehicles they built to independent companies, too, including in Boston and Seattle. 
Ride the Ducks of Seattle, one of the fastest growing attractions in the Northwest. It's a party on wheels that floats. Ride the Ducks opened in Seattle in 1997. So why sit on a bus looking out through tinted windows when you could be having a party with 35 of your new best friends? Founder and CEO Brian Tracy had been in the entertainment business. On the East Coast, he'd owned a talent agency and run a local TV show. Brian is the co-owner of a business called Ride the Ducks of Seattle. This is a party on wheels. This is not like your normal tour. Come on, everybody. Like this. And the wings. Shake, 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 shake. You might as well go with it. <laughs> what we do is we sell fun. This is a party. People get on. We've got sound effects. We've got music on board. The drivers are all characters. Just to give you a name, we've got Captain Empty Pockets, Captain Hua, Captain Show. In Seattle, he took that entertainment background and turned it into a really successful tour business with 20 operating duck boats and 120 employees. Safety, too, was always a big deal. They did inspections with the U.S. Coast Guard and the Department of Transportation every year or more. They trained and certified their drivers. They had redundant safety protocols on board and, of course, life jackets and all the rest. We do everything to ensure the safety of the public. These, the Coast Guard here in Seattle has actually said that we have the safest ducks in the country. And they've always said that their vehicles, in particular, of all duck boats, have been refurbished and redesigned to be even safer. What we do is we take it down to the bare hull. I mean, every nut and bolt. And then we put in new engines, we put in fire retardant systems, we put in, uh, um, we put in uh, new braking systems. They've come out and inspected us a couple of times. And that's because these are remanufactured in Branson, Missouri by a gentleman that's been doing it for 30 years. And he's engineered all kinds of safety equipment into this duck that nobody else has. This baby we're riding today is a remake of the original World War II amphibious vehicles known as the Duke Twos. This one's much safer. Ride the Ducks of Seattle has hosted several million passengers over the years. Very safe, so definitely nothing to worry about. Just get back and get ready to enjoy some of the views of Lake Union. And here we go. Across the country and the world, there have been millions more. A lot of those tours are Ride the Ducks tours. And most people have a great time. What did you guys think of the duck? Great tour, right? And they're really popular. The ducks go out about every five minutes uh, during July and August from 8 a.m. until 7 p.m. Most people feel totally safe. Get your hands up in the air like this. <laughs> I need you to clap for the beat, okay? Come on, I'm a little bit bigger sound. Clap, monkey! But these rides are not always safe. They can be fatal. More often than the industry would like to admit. I'm thankful to be alive and I'm glad that my wife is all right as well. Then I heard all this scraping all this noise under the duck boat. And I was yelling, stop, 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 hold it, hold it, hold it. And finally I said, Lord, just let me die, let me die. I said, I can't, I can't keep drowning. The crash in Seattle in 2015 was one of the worst tragedies in the history of duck boat tourism. 
but it wasn't the only one. And I prayed and I cried and just really, you could, there wasn't nothing you could do. There have been major incidents all over the country and the world. I started screaming, 911, call 911, call 911. And people on the bus flew through the front of the windshield. They were throwing out life jackets to people. My hand on her back because she seemed to still be breathing. Grabbed her wrist. Duck boats are a popular attraction in cities across the country, including right here in Pittsburgh. They offer a unique way of sightseeing from land and water, but they have a long history of safety problems. For instance, in Boston in 2016. Well, an investigation is underway in Boston this morning after a sightseeing duck boat and scooter collided Saturday, leaving one person dead. Duck boat tours it did resume in Boston today, 24 hours after that young woman was killed. Then in Boston in 2018, a duck T-boned a car, causing the driver minor injuries. And the first thing we see is that duck boat packed with passengers and the white Audi. Obviously, some sort of collision happening. In Philadelphia in 2010, two passengers were killed when a barge plowed into the duck boat, which had been passing through an active shipping lane. An outing on the Delaware River turned into a tragedy when a barge rammed into and over a duck boat filled with sightseers. A barge hit the boat and two young sightseers died. In 2015 in Philadelphia, a pedestrian was hit and killed by a duck boat as she was crossing the street downtown. Philadelphia police telling us that a person has been hit and killed by a duck boat. In Ontario, Canada in 2002, a duck boat sank in the Ottawa River and four passengers drowned. Allegedly, it was because of broken bilge pumps. And in Liverpool, England in 2010, a faulty bearing broke on a duck boat, causing it to crash. Four people were sent to the hospital with critical injuries. It's going down. My God, that's going down quick. In 2013, one of these same boats in Liverpool sank near shore. There's people still in it. Oh my God. Though this time, none of the passengers and crew were seriously injured. And then in London in 2013, one of these duck boats went up in flames while on tour on the Thames. The emergency services called after a duck carrying up to 30 tourists suddenly caught fire. Flames and smoke engulfed the front of the vessel as rescuers pulled passengers wearing life jackets to safety on the nearby riverbank. Luckily, no one was seriously hurt. And that's not all. Seattle's crash, while deadly, is only the third deadliest accident in duck boat tour history. In 1999, in Hot Springs, Arkansas, 13 people died when the duck boat they were on began taking water and sinking within minutes. A duck boat in Hot Springs, Arkansas, sank to the bottom of a lake, killing 13 people. 13 people died when this duck boat sank in just seven minutes. The 20 people on board scrambled for life preservers as the duck boat sank in Lake Hamilton. And then, in 2018, just a couple of months before the Ride the Ducks trial in Seattle was set to begin, a duck boat went out on Table Rock Lake in Branson, Missouri. A storm was brewing. The storm came up fast and capsized the boat, trapping its passengers underwater. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Oh, oh no. Oh no. Seven people were injured. 17 people drowned. And now officials in Missouri say 17 people died last night in the duck boat tragedy. 17 people are confirmed dead after a duck boat carrying... 17 people died when that boat overturned. Nine of the victims are part of the same family.
After that accident especially, a lot of people all over the country started asking why and how. How could such a horrible tragedy happen again? Last week's deadly accident in Branson, Missouri, is putting questions about the safety of those vehicles in the spotlight once again. And some are asking whether they are properly regulated. The 2015 crash in Seattle wasn't even the only accident in Seattle. There have been at least half a dozen other reported accidents involving duck boats on Seattle streets. Duck boats have rear-ended cars several times. One car was hit and dragged several feet. A sedan was caught and trapped under the duck boat's front end. A pedestrian was hit by a duck boat downtown and was sent to the hospital with some minor injuries. In 2011, a duck boat crashed into a motorcycle. A Seattle motorcyclist crushed under the weight of this amphibious vehicle. And dragged its driver underneath it for a full block, crushing his arm, leg, and pelvis. And, um, then my instincts were just, just to stay alive at that point. Karen Kohler, lead attorney for the plaintiffs in the 2018 Ride the Ducks trial in Seattle, remembers that one. It resulted in a major lawsuit. As a lawyer, I keep track of cases, and so I was aware that they had badly injured someone, almost killed them, uh, because they didn't see them. But it's not as if it was always the duck boat driver's fault. Several pedestrians, for example, were crossing the street on a red light when they were hit. And accidents happen, of course. Accidents happen with all kinds of vehicles all the time. But in most cases, the duck boat accidents that happened in the city happened because the driver could not see the vehicles around him or her well enough. The size, and more importantly, the shape of the boat means pedestrians, motorcyclists, and even other cars are dwarfed and hidden around it. And so I was aware that the way that the vehicle is structured isn't really conducive to being in a busy metropolitan city. But the other side has long argued the duck's design and the tour guide's many jobs makes for a rocky road through Seattle. What they were originally designed for and what they're currently being used for now are very different things. And so I, I just think they're dangerous. After that accident in 2011, Ride the Duck Seattle installed more mirrors and required more safety classes for their drivers. They did stuff like they put on cameras so that they could see underneath the prow. So you have this big, it's a boat. So the front of it, instead of being kind of low to the ground, uh, so you can see over it, is this big, long prow. So you can't see what's underneath you. Um, the visibility is awful in there. But that didn't stop the crash in 2015. Mirrors didn't help. The driver's expertise didn't help. The main problem there was an axle. Or... If you ask federal safety regulators and investigators and attorneys, not doing enough about an axle, or about a lot of things for a lot of years. Trial Insider Ride the Ducks is a production of Strip Matter Kessler Kohler Moore the lead law firm representing the plaintiffs in the 2018 Ride the Ducks trial in Seattle. Representatives from Ride the Ducks Seattle and Ride the Ducks International declined to comment for this podcast. This episode was produced by me, Sarah Bernard, and the story editor was Whitney Henry Lester. Engineering help from Mike Todd. Music in this episode was by Raphael Crux, Kevin McLeod, Kai Engel, and John Pazdan. And our theme music is by The Insider. 
Special thanks to the team at Strip Matter Kessler Kohler Moore, who helped make this case happen. Karen Kohler, Andrew Ackley, Jessica McClure, Debbie Watt, Garth Jones, Melanie Nguyen, Lisa Benedetti, Mike Todd, Ryan Monahan, Brad Moore, and Patty Sims. And a huge thanks to the co-counsel, who also helped make this case happen. Tim Loringer, Alex Chun, Richard Benedetti, Matt Dubin, Arthur Laritz, Melissa Carter, Bradley Johnson, Brian Krikorian, Doug Phillips, Anthony Marsh, Dan Williams, Zhang Yi, Jeff Hightower, David Rovang, David Kim, Patrick Kang, Chris Jackman, and Bohan Decker. To learn more about the Ride the Ducks trial, visit stripmatter.com. And to listen to all of the episodes in the series, visit stripmatter.com slash podcast. Or search for Trial Insider Ride the Ducks on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or most places you get podcasts. Thanks so much for listening.